On this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock, we covered clicks or the lack thereof in the Google search engine results pages. We talked about subdomains and subdirectories. But not the usual talk about them. Hope tried to weasel her way into the millennial generation, although the analytics team here didn't buy it. No way. And Greg reported on all the hot trends with teens today, as well as our podcast listeners. Spoiler alert, they're not the same people. All on today's show. Marketing O'Clock is your weekly dose of digital marketing news. We record live every Friday from the Cypress North Studios, located in beautiful Buffalo, New York. Join us each week for insights, updates, rants, and much more as we cover the full gamut of digital marketing for you. Hey there, I'm Greg Finn. And I'm Jess Budd. And it is officially Marketing O'Clock here on August 16th, 2019. Remember, you can catch our famous Friday news shows each and every Friday morning, we read all the news. So you don't have to. And if you want to follow along with us, just check out our show notes. Head over to marketingoclock.com for all the links from today's articles. And please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Jess, what's in the news this week? Lots of stuff in the news this week. And first up, something I feel like wasn't too long ago that we touched on and we're back to talk about it again. So in June, we reported on JumpShot's findings on zero click searches in Google from Q1 of 2019. And we have updated numbers here because we're now in what? I don't even know what Q it is. Three? Should we be, should we be excited for the updated numbers or worried? Um, we should always be excited to have more data. <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> so <laughs> to define again what a zero-click search is for our listeners that maybe didn't catch it last time we talked about this, these are any searches where the results did not lead to a click from the searcher. So there's a bunch of different ways that can happen, whether, you know, ideally the searcher got what they were looking for and left, or maybe they were interrupted or the search returned no results, but probably mostly the, the first one there. Searchers just saw what they needed in the search results and abandoned ship. So those zero-click searches back in Q1 of 2019, the number was a whopping 48.96%, just pretty significant. Which is a lot, yeah. Yeah, that's a lot. So buckle up because... <laughs> Perfect. Buckled in. You're strapped in. So, uh, Rand Fishkin over at Spark Toro released an updated version of the numbers this week. And like I said, buckle up because less than half of Google searches now result in a click. And that is the title of the article. If you're following along in the show notes, I will say it again. Less than half of Google searches now result in a click. And that's according to JumpShot. Again, they went through the data that is specifically from June of 2019. If you look at all of Q2, it's still a little bit under half, but in June is when they actually hit that halfway mark, which is crazy pants. So it's 50.33% of the searches performed on desktop and mobile devices across the US. Okay. So it went up a uh, uh, percent and a few few basis points. Yeah. Essentially. Okay. But over half. So this is concerning for site owners, obviously, because we all want, you know, traffic coming from search. That's ideal, I think, for most people, wouldn't you say? Ideal for most people except for one big company that starts with a G. Yeah, that would, well, let me guess, uh, Google? I, I was thinking Greg Corp. <laughs> <laughs> our, our servers just can't handle it. <laughs> well, Greg Corp, if you follow their lead, you might be in trouble with the government. I, I shouldn't say in trouble, but the government is looking into whether a monopoly is, quote, potentially abusing its market dominance in one field to unfairly compete in another. And that's interesting because they are, you know, Looking at this from a perspective of Google's market share on searches that are going on, and, and poor DuckDuckGo, I don't have it in front of me, but they got like 0.4% of all searches performed. I'm back on the DuckDuckGo duck duck I'm you back. Are? I'm back. DDG for all. DD. Oh, DuckDuckGo. Yeah. Yeah. Hashtag. I just got the tattoo last week. <laughs> Ooh, I'd like to see that. We should put it in the show notes. Just kidding. It's not real. But the interesting thing too, and we'll, we'll talk about the, the congressional panel in a second because I have something interesting to read. But if you remember back when we talked about this in June, the numbers were of the searches that were leading to a click. Still 12% of those search clicks were going to a property that was owned by Alphabet, which is Google's mm -hmm. parent company. So, you know, maps or even Google images, things like that. That's a pretty significant portion of clicks in search going from Google to a Google-owned property. 
So that tidbit aside, back in July, a United States congressional panel asked Google some very direct questions with, I kid you not, literal check boxes for yes or no. They wanted a response from Google. <laughs> I mean, that's like elementary Was school. Was there a recapture on those check yeah. boxes or no? <laughs> I am a human. Well, Google found one of those to quote, not be susceptible of check the box answers. So I'm going to read the question and then I'm going to read Google's answer and then we'll, we'll just leave it there for a second to marinate. So one of these yes or no questions from the congressional panel said, of the total U.S. mobile and desktop searches that occur on Google search, is it true that less than 50% result in clicks to non-Google websites? Yes or no, right? That's what they wanted. Just a yes or no. Correct. Yeah. Google didn't answer that. Here's what they said. This is a direct quote. The author of the report cited in your letter did not make his specific methodology clear, but it's inaccurate to portray featured snippets as simply answering a question and never resulting in a click. Many sites strive to have their content highlighted as a snippet, which can drive meaningful traffic to their sites. With fairy dust? Just branding? I guess. But I mean, they, regardless of what that means, they did not answer the question. Right. And that's how you know that the answer is bad. <laughs> <laughs> you know, had somebody up there, and you're like, "No offense, but you know you're getting offense, right? Coming exactly. Next. You can't and, start something yeah. like that. And when you ask a yes or no question, and then you immediately tangent off, juke one way, jive the next way, mm-hmm. you know the answer, right? I know what the answer is. The answer is no. It's got to be. Of course, they never checked a box, so we'll never know. So that's a whole thing, and I feel like this won't be the last that we hear from this saga. But as far as trends that they outlined in the article, because again, they did update the numbers, um, it's pretty similar to what we saw back in episode 75 in June, but a little bit more pronounced here as the year progresses. Paid clicks are on the rise. That's clicks to paid ads. Zero click search results, again, on the rise. Organic is the thing that's dipping, and all of this is especially prominent or clear on mobile versus desktop. Desktop's still trending in this direction, but the I mean the lines are almost flat on the chart, but on mobile you really, really see some of these differences. So definitely check out the full report from Spark Toro. There's a lot of good info in there, especially if you read the last one. This is a good update. But man. And I think you meant the answer was yes. You said that Wait. the answer was no. Oh, here's yeah, what the did question. I say? Of the total U.S. mobile and desktop mm. search that occur on Google search, is it true that less than 50% result in clicks to non-Google websites? Yes. I meant yes. That's what you think. Okay. Yeah. So if they have to ask you the question, <laughs> that's going to be your very unformed response. Yeah. yeah. The uh, the panel should be reading this article here, actually. Hopefully they're listening. Do you think Congress listens to us? I mean, I know. I know so. <laughs> I know so. All right. Next up, we are going to keep it. On the Google side, from a tweet from Google Webmasters at Google WMC, formerly Webmaster Central, never changed the Twitter handle. And what they said is, we've been asked if third parties can host content in subdomains or subfolders of another's domain. It is not against our guidelines. But as the practice has grown, our systems are being improved to better know when such content is independent of the main site and treat accordingly. Overall, we'd recommend against letting others use subdomains or subfolders with content presented as if it is part of the main site without close supervision or the involvement of the primary site. All that to say, Google is saying you can syndicate content, Mm -hmm. you can come in and rent this. It is not inherently against guidelines, but they'll, they'll, they'll find you if that's the case. That's <laughs> basically what they're you. saying. The yeah. TLDR, that's what it is. My question here is, let's, I'm going to go back to last week's take of the week. Mm. How come you can't do this with links? Excellent you can question. go in and you can find if a certain subdirectory is leased out to somebody, but you can't do this with links. Hmm. I don't really believe you. <laughs> That's what it makes me like, I get maybe some of the super egregious things. You have some subdomains and that'll raise red flags. Mm-hmm. You've got subdirectories. I, and that's just basically a folder. So it'd be marketing clock forward slash awesome forward slash. (laughs) I want that folder. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. So that came out. And then of course, what people thought of is, well, there's a lot of different sites out there that use these 
the subdomain. So mm-hmm. let's say you're a WordPress or you're a Blogspot. Many times, again, it is awesome blog at WordPress.com. And so I re-jumped on that and saying, well, is this going to be the case? Do we, is there going to be issues with it? Uh, and Danny Sullivan using his at Danny Sullivan Twitter handle said, no, in cases like that, it's typically pretty clear that someone's individual blog is actually their blog, not that it's part of some other site. I guess for the bigger sites, do that. If you're going with some <laughs> startup or something on your own, it may not be less clear. Mm-hmm. So hopefully this is good that Google can find, find this out. I'm just not buying it. So you're just, you don't buy which part of it then? What I'm saying is that when people are participating in many of these spamming activities, generally speaking, it's because it works. <laughs> it's not a causational <laughs> yeah. thing. It's more correla- uh, correlative. So seeing people taking this approach in general, hopping onto a domain, and then expecting that Google is going to find that, if somebody does something well, I think it might be harder than they presume it could be. That is what I'm, that is what I'm saying. I get it. Gotcha. Some of the sub- subdomain stuff is a little easier to sniff out, but you just have somebody's folder and you have access to that on a site. That's pretty hard to figure out if it's if you are performing that well. And again, it's not against their guidelines, they're saying, right. which is strange right. that you can well, go out there and you can do what you want. Then you put a link there. Is that against the guidelines because you're manipulating links? Dun, that's dun, why dun. I don't know how it works. <laughs> and then that's where it gets confusing. But again, that is not against their guidelines if you are participating in that or doing so on behalf of a client. Just be safe with it because what we don't want is spam. And right. one of the funny things <laughs> is I was looking at these tweets about this potential spam issue on Twitter. Nothing but spam in the comments. Of course. Very unsavory spam. Mm, that's, I'm going to have to check that out. Every single response. Like, this is perfect. It's, well, it's and, kind of beautiful. You, you forget how poor Twitter's spam filters really are or savoriness filters really are. <laughs> I, I like how you put that. And Engage the savoriness filter. Yeah, the savoriness filter. Uh, turn it off on, on this Google Webmaster post. All right. And that brings us to this week's Take of the week. This is a saucy hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up for you. And this week's take comes from Cyrus Shepard at Cyrus Shepard on Twitter. Cyrus said, Google is such a great company. They've never been hurt by a major algorithm update. Emoji chart going up. Maps, YouTube, fights. I think he meant flights. I think so. Shopping. And more win almost every time. Parentheses. And the ads department is on emoji fire. <laughs> a testament to the great content, really. Are we are we talking about it or are we I'm leaving it there? About it. Okay. <laughs> I'm not talking about it. Just, I think it's just being uh, being honest there. Yep. No no sarcasm. Nope. But that That's was this cute. week's take of the week. Thanks, Cyrus. <laughs> yes, right. thank you. And that brings us to this week's lightning round. Pew, pew. At this point in the show, we split up our content into two parts, paid and non-paid. I cover everything to do with advertising, aka paid, and Greg covers the organic or non-paid. So here's what's happening in the paid universe this week. Our first story here is from Tom Waddington. That's at Tom Waddington 8 on Twitter, because 1 through 7 were apparently taken. Sorry, Tom. Anyway, he noted that there's a new badge for folks that are running Google local services ads. So lawyers, realtors, and financial planners can now go through a process to show up as Google screened. And it will say that with a little green check mark right in their ads. There's some pretty stringent criteria for this. If you want it, you have to be professionally licensed and go through not only a personal, but also a business background check and have at least a three-star rating to get this. I don't like this. You don't like it? Am, am I, am I jumping, stepping on something you're going to say here? No, I wasn't going to have an opinion on it really because oh, I've only seen it in the tweet. I haven't seen it live. The name screened, it does not appear clickable in the ads. I could not replicate things and see the Google screened. Hmm. I don't like it because screened is not that defined of a word. Are they FINRA screened? Are they screened as a fiduciary? How no, are they screened? Google screened. I know. Screened by I, Google. I get that. Yeah. But 
okay, so you have to have three stars. Okay, so, so somebody goes out and tells their family to bump them up to five stars. Now are they eligible to be Google screened? Do you look at, at their FINRA records? Like, what are you doing to screen somebody? And then you say somebody's Google screened. That appears to be a very big endorsement. If, if I was a financial advisor, I'd put Google screened on my business cards when I went out to people. Ooh. Why wouldn't you do that? I'm yeah. Google screened. Google screened. Check. That seems like an endorsement in some way to be Google screened if you can't click on that and find out what screen means. Yeah, I had to Google it, literally. It, it does not seem clear. And I want the exact definitions of what does not make the cut for Google screening and what does make the cut. Well, the muddier thing, too, is that, and I might be getting this wrong, but one of those three categories, and I'm pretty sure it was financial planners, they don't even have to have reviews, so they get past that three-star rating thing. They can right. still be screened and, and get a little check. So it's a little bit muddy, but I think the whole point of this was they were trying to come up with something against the Google guaranteed where they pay people back if they're not satisfied, but they don't do that here. It's just a, another thing, but yeah, Google screened. I don't know. I'm going to put that on my business card. <laughs> well, we got to get screened. Some the other issue I have with these services, and it's I, I whined about it, just to be completely blunt, mm-hmm. about Twitter verification, where it's closed yeah. now. And then as soon as you have something Google screened, it needs to be kept up because the minute you let people become Google screened and then you will delay or stop supporting it or slow at doing it or give people the runaround or are not upfront as to why people didn't get Google screened and let them fix something if there was an issue with the form, it becomes a big detriment. And I just don't like the fact that it looks like an endorsement and I just know how some things are not supported. Like Google Plus, when they launched that, the (laughs) support was horrific. They don't know how to support things well. Google Ads, horrific. Mm. Everything that they do from Google Drive, I accidentally paid for a professional extra subscription for something and tried to revert it back within like 15 minutes of doing it. The service is atrocious. Phones, it's they don't know they don't know how to deal with customers. And the fact that they're out there screening makes me nervous. Hmm. And I know this is a lightning round, no, but I had to but get that off my chest. That, that was like lightning plus hashtag fire, an additional take. That was pretty good. And the thunder. <laughs> is that from something or is that just song, you being cool? Right? Oh, okay. I don't know. The thunder. Wait, thunder rolls? I don't That's know. That's a thing. That's like a oh, Garth Brooks song, song, right? Where somebody says, and the thunder? Yeah. Uh, Imagine Dragons. Oh. Oh. That's way more relevant than Garth Brooks, I think. I don't know. What are the kids listening to? <laughs> Who knows? Nicki Manjai, probably. Who? Lady Gaga? Uh, Nicki Manjai. <laughs> Hope, no? love, Hope loves these mispronunciations. Ariana Grande? <laughs> oh, I don't think she heard okay. you. She'd scream about that no. one. <laughs> All right. Next up. Google very quietly releases item ID targeting for smart shopping campaigns. This is from salesandorders.com. Their team picked up on the item ID as a filter option when they were setting up a campaign. They looked around for an announcement from this and couldn't really find one. I couldn't either. Apparently something was released in a newsletter though that explained it. Basically, if you're setting up a smart shopping campaign and you want to include or exclude certain products, there's many ways to do that, like category and and other fields, but item ID is now an option. So it's handy. Yay. You know, more options are better than less. I believe it was active before for non-smart shopping specifically, but now it's smart shopping. shopping. It was for shopping ads and now for smart shopping. Yeah. So yay. And you know who else is saying yay this week, Greg? Tool fans. Yeah. I mean, we're all really happy because <laughs> of the whole Spotify thing or any streaming service, okay. right? They're so now available. Right. You got it right. Yeah. But what I was going to say, and probably a lot of these cross over with tool fans, but uh fantasy sports advertisers. I mean, fans in the name pretty much nailed it. Right. <laughs> nailed it. You're well, I was going to say you're both, but you're not a fantasy sports advertiser. You're a user of it. I mean, I would have nailed it if it was a broad match guess. Ooh, wow. Burn. Burn. Thanks. Hope's laughing. Her mic's not on. <laughs> That was really good. So Google announced this week that beginning this month, which we're halfway through, so soon, those who, quote, meet minimum creative requirements and, quote, hold state licenses where required will be allowed to promote their products in certain states. And we're talking again about fantasy sports advertisers. So it's really exciting. I love sports betting. Don't you? I used to. I used to bet a lot legally in sports. Go to Vegas. Actually, physically go to Vegas to to place everything. And send in the receipts and things. It's very, doing that is very 
scary. It seems like a lot of work money too. Over and you get like a little slip and you have to hold on to the slip and, and I would do it for a season long things. Oh, you got to hold the slip that whole time. Slip. It's like a receipt and you have to take it and try not to lose this thing. <laughs> it's crazy. And then funny story, you can't do it anymore. So we bought all the sports data and then used a uh, Google predictive. Um, I forget the actual name of it, but we ran the sports data through and then put it in games um, coming up for the next week, and we'd have Google essentially choose the winner and what lines were soft and what and bet that way, and it, it did okay it, over more than fifty percent, but, but not much more. That's good, right? Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was like just enough to break even. Oh well, and then some. I hope. No, because we're holding on to that. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> that's why I'm here, still doing the pod. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, you can uh, you can now search for more ways to do your sports betting because it might show up with an ad, which yay team paid. So, something else that Tool fans might be really into this week is a story from The Verge. Facebook movie ads will now include ticket and showtime details. So that's exciting for folks that are advertising that. Another cool thing that Facebook added was what they're calling premiere reminders. Wait, why do Tool fans like this? Because Tool fans like everything because they're cool. Tool fans don't go to movies. Probably not. <laughs> I just was looking for a segue. It was perfect. No. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> best, se- best segue ever. <laughs> Fun thing. Speaking of segues that are unrelated, I was watching a YouTube video today and it just auto-played another video for me and it happened to be a tool video, which was exciting because I forgot about the days when we used to have to listen to them on YouTube. That's exciting. Anyway, that has nothing to do with Facebook movie ads. So yeah, they added this premiere reminders feature <laughs> in case you're not putting all of those movie release dates in your calendar, which is good. The thing about this article though was not even that announcement because like that's fine but probably not a lot of people out there advertising movies it was just interesting to me there was a study done by accenture that 58 percent of people discover movies online and i just feel like that seems high but it's probably not because nobody watches tv anymore and i don't know how else you would learn about new movies I if mean, not online on TV. counts as probably everything right so you're on twitter you're doing right. all this stuff and yeah it shows up. i mean what 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 is offline TV? TV and radio. Who has TV, though? Billboards. Billboards. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. You know, but yeah, that's what I was thinking. It struck me as high when I first read it, but then I really thought about it. And online's the entire internet, so I don't know. But I guess in your Facebook feed now, you can get an ad that tells you all about the new correct. movies. The entire internet. <laughs> the entire internet is online. <laughs> what was the last movie you saw in theaters? Do you care about this at all? I do. Yeah? Inception. <laughs> Whoa, that was a long time ago. Yes. Now I know for a fact it was in Washington, D.C., and I saw Inception. Wow. What year are you Googling? I'm Googling it right now. What's the last movie you saw, Jess? Um, the first of the new Star Wars trilogy. So several years ago, but not that long. Okay, so I was uh, 2010, so nine years ago. So wow. I was in a movie theater. Hope, how about you? Do you see <laughs> movies in a theater? Yeah, I think I see three movies every month. What? Really? Mm-hmm. At the theater? Why? It's my favorite thing. <laughs> it's one thing if you love movies, but you love the theater? Like yeah. the experience? Yeah. Tell me about it. Why? I don't know, because you're going somewhere and it makes it more of an event and you get to watch it with everybody. <laughs> Everyone starts clapping. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot we covered this in a Two Kinds of People once, that there's people that clap at the end and people that don't. I'm one of those there, Jess, there's a few things in this world I would rather do less than go to the movies. I'm with the you. The floor is sticky. <sighs> there's kids everywhere being so annoying. No, they're nice. They're like reclining chairs. No. no. The no, snacks are like 50 bucks. Yeah, $50. You, don't eat your you go to McDonald's and you put it in your purse and you walk. Whoa, out. hey, this, this, do you, hear, do you hear Jess? The government is listening to this podcast. You better be, be careful. <laughs> Don't tell them you're breaking the rules. And then also, then you walk in and they're like, oh, this girl smells like McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> um, hey, McNuggets back. What movie are you watching this week? <laughs> No, keep oh, me away from the theater. No I don't way. Want it. The last movie I saw was The Lion King. That was what, like 10 days ago? No, Lion King, I think it was like 94. <laughs> I don't think she was even born yet. <laughs> no. Oh, but were, uh, were you born in 94 or no? 96. Oh, wow. Ah, Gen Z. Okay. Open. Well, let's get back to the news because that was really depressing. Okay, so- hang on. Let me get my bifocals on quick. <laughs> 
take your arthritis medication. Okay. In case you missed the news back in February, Google has been planning to remove the average position metric from their Google Ads reporting. It's finally happening next month. They are going to begin sunsetting the metric, which is a nice way of saying, giving it the chop (laughs) on September 30th. They're getting rid of it. So we've said it before. We'll say it again. Focus on other competitive metrics and make sure you adjust your reporting and your clients' expectations accordingly. If you are a user of Microsoft Ads, the platform formerly known as Bing Ads, they announced, I think maybe a month ago or so, that they're keeping that metric. So unlike Google, they're keeping it. I love it. So yeah. You go Microsoft Rebels. Advertising. Absolutely. All right. And finally, another announcement from Google. (sighs) Optimization score now includes shopping campaigns. So. <laughs> exactly. Friends, your optimization score and recommendations help you prioritize the most impactful actions to improve your performance in your account. Did you say that? No, I didn't. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I said it. No, Google said that, and we don't agree. Can I go off on a tangent quick here? Please. Thank you. You're welcome. We were going through a pretty in-depth audit for a client today, and they had a bunch of English ads and a bunch of French ads and different campaigns, and they took the English ads and targeted all languages. It was a recommendation from Google. To do that? Accor- according to the client. I believe it, though. I, <laughs> it's like, these optimization scores, what percentage of optimization scores lead to Google making less money? I would go with zero. I would go with maybe 5% max. That's optimistic. That's nice. That's you being pessimistic yeah. by saying it's optimistic. Do you know that? Is it? Yes. Factually correct. <laughs> Mind blown. But anyway, just because you get these, opt- you don't just try to get a better optimization score. Try to optimize your account. Right. If you care or you pay attention at all to this or to your recommendations, shopping campaign data is now included in that and you will be getting recommendations for shopping campaigns as well. So yeehaw. Great. Great. That's it <laughs> for paid. Lots more from Greg. Let's go into non-paid. All right. This week in non-paid, our first article is from Digiday and YouTube is testing new members features. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to read this quick. And I'm taking credit for all this, by the way. All just to it? let you know. Okay. Members-only video option will allow publishers to upload the same videos available onto their YouTube channels without cannibalizing their subscription business. Essentially, you will be able to have a paid membership and get videos specific. and get It gets exclusive, not specific. The pricing tiers are going to be from $0.99 cents to $49.99 a month. Mm-hmm. And it will help publishers from having to discount their subscription rates for YouTube and enable them to set prices for YouTube because YouTube is taking a 30% cut of everything. But the nice thing is, instead of trying to monetize really dumb ideas, they have a way to say, you want these videos, you have to become a member. And back, I think it was about a month ago at VidCon, they'd announced Super super Stickers. They're Super Stickers Facebook stars. Ugh, and yes. my, my request, my ask was, give us more features for adults. <laughs> and this is it. <laughs> that is what this you is said. This is an adult feature. Yeah. You can get access to all these videos and you pay for it. That's and great. And you don't pay for whatever it was, the happy cat or something. Oh, Bravo Cat. Bravo Cat. Hashtag Bravo Cat. You're not paying 99 cents for a Bravo Kitty that you can send in a live chat. Nobody wants that. We want to say, sign up. I don't need a Patreon. You want to watch my videos? You pay for this channel. And that is what we got. So thank you, YouTube. Yeah. Do they? And thank you, me. Yeah, really. I was going to say, do they like give you any? Are you part of that 30% cut that they're taking? You should be getting at least a penny. I should be getting 30% of the 30%. I'll call them. Yeah. I'll put in the call. And call a mathematician while you're at it, too, <laughs> so we can figure out how that works. All right. Next up this week is Google My Business, and hotels can now add services and amenities. So if you've got some fancy pants things going on at your hotel that you want to show, please go for it. And I just have one request for all those folks. You add this into your amenities, and then you follow through. Free Wi-Fi. Oh. And then you just have to do it. Yeah. I hate paying $10 for Wi-Fi at a hotel. Yeah. That's stupid. And it's always the expensive hotels, too, where you do that. Like, you're please, it already costs enough to stay here. Yes. So just do that, and then 
Free Wi-Fi. That's what we want. (laughs) (laughs) Free Wi-Fi for all 2020. (laughs) All right. Next up from TechCrunch, Sarah Perez over at TechCrunch has an article called Twitter's latest test lets users subscribe to a tweet's replies. You're going to be able to do is if you like a thread in particular, you are going to be able to subscribe. If this test takes off and it turns permanent, you can then get notifications anytime Something goes on in the thread, even if you don't participate in it, which is nice. That's really nice. I was just thinking about this the other day. There was a thread started by Amalia Fowler about some issues with Google ad support. I did <laughs> contribute a little bit. I think you contributed a little bit too. I did too. I, I ranted. Saw. I always take the opportunity, as do you. <laughs> <laughs> but it was about issues with Google ads reps. Mm-hmm. I wanted to go back and check on it. But seeing the notifications here would be an amazing feature. Totally. These are the things that we want with Twitter, right? We want to be able to, to get more information. And there's more coming too later. I just blew up my spot on one of the next stories here. <laughs> Great idea. I would love to use it. I want it for Amalia's post. Yeah, absolutely. want right. it for everything. Test is over. Let's just have it. Yes. Done. Done. Not really. No. Okay. <laughs> Next up is an article from Daryl Etherington of TechCrunch called Snap Introduces Spectacles 3 with two HD cameras and 3D effects on Snapchat. Jess. Yeah. The spectacles now aren't going to have one camera. They have two. So you thought it was sweet having one? Super sweet with two. I mean, it's doubly as sweet. Yes. And what happens is it uses those cameras and kind of makes these weird 3D-ish effects. I don't think they're actually 3D effects if you look at the images that they make. Yeah. But again, it's if stark. you want to have really cool looking glasses and just cameras <laughs> right in the front, it's pretty cool. Hope, you're a snappy person over there. Do <laughs> Man, you, she says. <laughs> do you have spectacles? No. Do you know people that have spectacles? Yeah. You do? photographers so but like get a camera then (laughs) how about two cameras right in your face (laughs) fair enough but i actually just deleted snapchat oh wow whoa breaking news (laughs) 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 why did you delete snapchat jen this is new segment pulse of gen z (laughs) all right hope why did you delete snapchat Because you can send pictures to your friends, but then you swipe and it's all of these stories. And I don't know, you just look at the thumbnails and they're so dumb. I think we, I think we broke her. Yes. I think we did. She sounds like us. I, know. <laughs> I don't want to waste my time reading. Look at this. She's going outside camping. Right? We might promote you to millennials. Yeah. Now. Next thing you know, she's only going to have one camera on her glasses. <laughs> what are we going to do? I don't do? know. I will say I like that it looks symmetrical. It, I appreciate nice. I appreciate that. They look more like fashion glasses. Yes. <laughs> than technology glasses. Whatever. Fashion specs. All right. Next up, Google is considering notifying webmasters for featured snippet penalties. There was a question asked on Twitter from Brian Feinstein at type underscore SEO. And he asked Danny Sullivan, if you notify sites when a featured snippet has been removed, Danny said on his at Danny Sullivan Twitter handle, we don't, as it's not a manual action against the page itself. It is something we're considering though. There may be other ways to show eligibility for particular features. Now, Google's internal policies say they do remove feature snippets manually. It says from them, again, the internal policies, we also manually remove any reported featured snippets to be found in violation of our policies. So it's not technically a manual action. It is manually removing them, which is different. It's a nomenclature thing, but... Yeah, it's an, an action done manually is different than a manual action. Correct. So it will not make it in, though... Maybe soon, considering it. Something else that's being considered is a new YouTube homepage. And according to The Verge, I'm just going to give it away right here. <laughs> the title of the article is YouTube Test Bigger Thumbnails, comma, and people hate it. Boom. Boom. You don't need to read anything. I looked at it, and I hated it too. <laughs> it, looked, it looked like something that would be on for YouTube for TV. Yeah. If I got this on my Amazon TV or whatever it's called, Fire TV, I would enjoy this. Sure. I actually really like the way that it displays on Amazon Fire. 
TV. Yeah, I have it on Roku. A Roku? That's, nice. That's what I have. Yeah, and it's the same thing. But it's nice and big. But you're sitting 10 million feet away. You're in yes. your living room. And so they took this basically big, big, big thumbnails. They were, you really can only see about eight things fully on the screen and put it on your desktop in what appears to be a test. Gross. People were not excited. <laughs> there was somebody <laughs> on Twitter that Cardboard Profile is the name. And they said, this is not funny, YouTube. I'm sorry, but this is the worst update I've ever seen. And now homepage is just unusable. I can't look at thumbnails so big. My eyes are in pain right now. <laughs> you can't make everything gigantic because now everyone behind my back can see my homepage. <laughs> wow. What's this guy so worried First about? Off, why do you have so many people behind your back? Yeah, really? Everyone's just standing That's back weird. there? I don't like it when people are behind my back. Yeah. Oh, I, I can't even type. If you stood behind me and like, we're good. I'm not afraid of you, but like you stand behind yeah. me. I'm typing. And I can't even it's type my name. Cardboard profile. Turn around. Good old feng shui going. <laughs> maybe the, maybe you'll enjoy it a little bit more. But if you see this new homepage, don't panic. Ugh. It appears to be just a test. That people hate. Something that is not a test is a new native chat tool for Shopify on the e-commerce Goliath. <laughs> now, Shopify, there's a built-in native chat tool. Just what do you think the cost of this chat tool is? I didn't read the article, so I'm going to be optimistic to not be pessimistic. Free. Yes. Yeah. And that's Woo. what I love. Love. Love about Shopify. Love. They have really insane things that you have to upgrade to get, like Google Tag Manager. Mm. It's incredibly dumb that you have to be at a $2,000 a month level to get to Google Tag Manager. That's what it used to be. Now it's enterprise level, so there's no pricing. But you can get... This new chat tool, which is nice. That so, is nice. I like I love something free. things. It's kind of the anti-HubSpot way to go about it. Shots fired. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up, Twitter is testing a new way for users to follow and snooze specific topics. Again, also on TechCrunch from Lucas Metney. I love this idea. It seems to work very similar to Instagram, mm. where in Instagram you can follow hashtags. Yep. And Twitter is looking for ways for you to get into specific topics. I already see this when going to search.twitter.com. You can perform a search and then you'll see some results there of things that are related to baked right in there. Um, and it's really usually helpful if you say, hey, here are other articles related to SEO and marketing. That's what I always get. And a lot of them are really good. So I use that a lot just to see these trends. If I could actually nice. subscribe to stuff, I would love it. And then if I could snooze stuff, oh. especially snooze stuff, that'd be great. <laughs> that would be great. Hey, politics. Oh, gosh. So overall, this seems like a great discovery method for people on Twitter. I love it. Don't snooze it. I follow it. All right. Google has also given us something else to follow, their foray into indexing going wrong. There was an internal expose, maybe not expose, they just shared, (laughs) (laughs) fancy (laughs) words here. They wanted to share why there were so many issues lately. Thank you. That's nice. It it is very nice. It is a breath of fresh air. It actually humanizes everything. One of the big things (laughs) was one of the updates was rolled out on a Friday and it there were people on staff, but it didn't sound like it was as staffed up as it usually is. Mm. So some things didn't get, get caught. But they talk about the indexing issues, the search console issues, um, and they have a bunch of stats. And it's just a nice breakdown, and it shows that kind of humanity of everything. And I appreciate it. Thank you. We'd like more. No, no. We don't want more. We don't want more articles <laughs> about bugs because no. we don't want more bugs. No. But we want more openness. Openness. Yeah, that's a nice way to put it. All right. And next up. Facebook has a new slideshow option for Facebook stories in an attempt to boost usage. And this comes from Social Media Today. And there's a new option for your stories where you can choose a bunch of photos and it will turn into a slideshow for you so that you can make stories easier. Jess. Yes. Will you be using this feature? Uh, No. (laughs) Okay. Why not? I don't use Facebook or Facebook stories. Okay. Well, I unfortunately, just, I won't be seeing your non-existent Facebook yeah, stories because me either. <laughs> it just seems like, remember when you could make a screensaver out of just all your pictures? You could probably still do that. But like that was the thing in middle school. Like, you know what I mean? It just seems like a story version of that. It's just I, yeah, I tastefully an- animated. I have an analogy for you. Ooh, go for it. Hope in Gen Z is not using Snapchat as you and I and millennials <laughs> are to not using Facebook. You know what I just learned? They came out with the new research for the millennial age gap. 
So technically, I'm actually a millennial now. What? No. No. We no. are not in our group. Yeah. No. No. Did they change the age that it starts at then? Like, did they move everybody back or did they just widen the range? It says born between... 1981 and 1996. I'm getting our stats department on this, and yeah. we'll have the resolution next week. The only way I could see that is if you somehow got a pass, you got a millennial card because you go to the movies 36 times a year. <laughs> That's the only thing. That's the only way they gave you a pass. Yeah, that that doesn't see. That's just too. That's. That's what, 15 years? That's a long time. I'm just telling you the data. All right, I don't, I don't buy like it. it. Yeah. We're getting our stats team on it <laughs> next week. <laughs> All right, next up, Spotify is giving podcasters listener data that they can't get anywhere else. Woo. I saw this, Jess. I yeah. signed up for it. Of course you did. We have a podcast. Yes. I've got the <laughs> listener data, though. Yeah. And it's time for quizzing Jess. Oh, gosh. About our podcast. Ours? Okay. Our podcast. This one here. Marketing and clock. That people are listening to right now. Critically acclaimed. We are, yes. Governmentally listened to. <laughs> we can or cannot confirm that. Three potential millennials on a mic. <laughs> <laughs> what artists do people that listen to Marketing and Clock also listen to? Oh, wow. Um, five artists. There are five. I'm going to name them. I'm going to guess them all. Um, I couldn't even name artists. Ariana Grande. <laughs> Nope. Taylor Swift. Nope. I'm just picking like popular people. Right. The Beatles. Nope. <laughs> I'm just... Yeah. Like actual artists? Yes, actual artists. <laughs> We're doing terrible. Podcast. Okay. No, singing song folks. Singing songs. Billy Joel. <laughs> wow. Billy she Idol. Thinks, she thinks so You picked the it. wrong... <laughs> I'm picking I, I, classes. Your, your true colors are coming out here. <laughs> what you, what's going to be next here? I feel like a lot of... 30-year-olds are listening to our podcast. <laughs> wow. I don't know if we should take offense to that or I think, not. I think it's no. offense taken. Uh-huh. Led Zeppelin? It's the demographics. Okay. I'm just going to... You guys are not anywhere near in the same vicinity. <laughs> We've been across the board. How can we not be near it? Yeah. No. We have a, we have a very, very hip set of listeners. <laughs> we is do? it rap? There is some rap in there. Kanye West? No. LL okay. Cool J. Lil <laughs> <laughs> <No. laughs> No. All right. We're over. This, this was the worst idea I ever had. I love it. Ed Sheeran. Oh, I know one song by him. Ed okay. Sheeran. Sheeran. Yeah. Drake. Okay. Uh, I guessed Go Raptors. Chance a Rapper. Really? Um, this might be a misspelling. The Chainsmokers? Is that something? I think that's yeah. a band. Okay. Yeah. They're like techno. Khaled. Not DJ Khaled. Wow. Khaled. Our listeners are really hip. Yeah, they're really hip. They're hipper than you and I. Wow. All right, now the gender. Oh, I'm only looking over the last seven days. I'm going to go back last okay. thirty days here. All right. And gender of our listeners. Where? Which way do we skew? Male or female? I'd say we skew female. Hope. Male. Hope's correct. Fifty-seven <gasps> percent male, forty-three percent female. But if you break it over a long period of time, for some reason, we're like forty-nine, fifty-one. That makes more sense. I feel like it's pretty 50-50, like the world, you know? Yep. A lot of the information, obviously, <laughs> is only based off of Spotify. So if you see things like followers or listen counts, mm, it's only Spotify. That's true, but too. But you do get some really cool information. One of the things that I really enjoyed about this is that you can see the average listen. No podcast platforms do a good job at this that I've seen. If you're on Libsyn or Anchor or anything like that, you just see plays and you can just start that, and it counts as a play. Yeah, no. But you can see the average listen. And so our last episode was one hour and eight minutes long. The episode was, yes. yes. Okay. How long do you think people made it, Jess? <gasps> 57 minutes. Wow, that was very optimistic of you. <laughs> one hour and five minutes. What? Wow. It's crazy. So they just, <gasps> they didn't listen to shooting the heck then, I those mean, it's people. A, it's an average, I'd imagine. All right. And then the episode before, I thought that that might just be like, hey, it's kind of messed up. Yeah. The episode before, it was very, very similar. It was one hour and 17 minutes and people listened for one hour and nine minutes. That's really good. That's really good. That's really good. we got great listeners. Thank you That's good. I like the music stuff is interesting and all that. That's just fun to know. But that's a really good stat. That is helpful to us podcast creators. Yeah. And also Pandora came out with something else too that was trying to, but I mean- I'm a millennial here. I'm not a baby boomer. So that's our parents, right? Baby boomers. Cause my dad's a Pandora fiend. Exactly. Okay. Makes sense. He also uses Facebook. Probably 
not stories, though. No, probably not stories. <laughs> and Friendster? No? Okay. What? Right, MySpace? Next up. <laughs> From Marketing Land and George Wynn, podcast listening growth continues. Mobile app usage is up 60% since January 2018. Study finds. And George did not report if this survey said it was directionally, causationally directed by the growth of marketing clock or not. <laughs> I think but it was. It seems like I, I feel it. like he didn't say it because he didn't have to. <laughs> yeah. Well said. Well said, Jess. Um, one thing that I thought was interesting from the report itself was that 60% of folks uh, report looking up a product or service after hearing an ad. Hmm. I think some of that is because podcasters typically sell better than folks that have been so jaded in doing something for a while. And then 58% admit that they've skipped through a podcast ad. <gasps> Guess what, folks on this show don't skip. They make it. They, they make, make it, it like ninety-eight percent of the way through. It's amazing. Love our listeners. Yes. All right, and last up this week from the next web is the study shows that teens get the news from YouTubers and not news outlets. YouTubers are giving the news. According to the study, more than 75% of teens aged from 13 to 17 say it's important to keep up with world events, yet over half of them get the news from YouTube and other social media platforms, including Twitter and Facebook. Okay, Twitter, I feel like. Yeah. Yes. And so I was like, I'm not even going to include this. But there was one other stat that made me include this. The study, which surveyed 1,000 teens, found that 60% learned the news from celebrities, influencers, and other online personalities. We're doomed. We're doomed. Yeah. We're doomed. <laughs> I mean, what does Dwayne The Rock Johnson think about current I events? I don't know. I, I'm just getting all my news from Cleo Kardashian. <laughs> Cleo! <laughs> That's so, amazing. We're doomed, folks. <laughs> all right. That's only a thousand teens. There's so many more out there, other teens. They need to talk <laughs> to more children. <laughs> all right. And that brings us to our real life segment. Straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for working hard or hardly working. Where we talk about what is going on in our IRL work. Good. Bad. Or otherwise this week. Jess, what's been happening with your accounts lately? Well. It's time for my weekly check-in where I ask you whether or not you have the new Facebook ads interface. I do not. You do not. Okay. Well, (laughs) I'm sorry for you. Those of us that do are finding it to be a bit slow. Uh, A lot of people have complained about this and I am complaining also. Sometimes it's just super slow. Sometimes it doesn't load at all. Several people in the office here, we've just like let things load in the background and it takes hours and things still don't show up. So I would say that that's hardly working, but a hack, which hopefully our listeners are savvy enough to have figured out. But if not, the easiest thing to do is just revert to the old interface and things load fairly quickly. So I had an ad set in particular that I was trying to edit. I needed to edit the targeting. I was able to edit everything else in the entire campaign except this one ad set. It was just a white, it wasn't even trying to load. It was just white screen, nothing. And I said, you know, after a couple tries, I said, heck it, I'm going to switch to the old interface, even though I've been trying not to do that. And everything loaded and everything worked and it published still not quickly, but quicker than the new interface has been working. So, you know, just a, a hack for folks that are trying to embrace new things. Maybe we're just not ready yet. Go back to the old Facebook ads interface if you're having issues. All right. What about you? And so I have something working hard this week. And I recently had an issue. I was trying to problem shoot, not on our end, on our client's end, with Facebook ads. Hmm. And I use the Facebook chat support. You can go to, we'll put it in the show notes. You can click through, you can go right into Messenger. And it's usually pretty snappy to get somebody talking through Messenger. It was so helpful. Really? Really. You're not being sarcastic. This is two out of two times. And I just want to give credit where credit is due. Yeah. I didn't even get the problem resolved because it was on the client end and, it, and we haven't gotten that figured out yet because of some technical issues. But the support was incredibly better than Google Ads support. Wow. And I just want to take this moment saying, even though I didn't get the problem resolved, having somebody that knew what was happening that could address the problem and tell me what I need to tell the client to do to get it fixed because I wasn't admin on this. I was a partner was incredible. That's huge for someone even just to know what's up. But for you to be, I'm going to use the word satisfied for you to be satisfied without even having a resolution. This person must have been awesome. It's just been two out of two, I think. And maybe it's just a small sample size, but I just want to say thank you, Facebook support. That's lovely. 
All right. And now it's time for this week's WTH. And this week's WTH comes from Social Media Today. The name of the article is New Listing Shows Just How Much Celebrities Are Being Paid Per Sponsored Instagram Post. I think this is misleading, first off. But that's what the name of the article is. <laughs> and so there is a site out there that is called Hopper. Not the Hopper that Shep likes or whatever that's called. Hopper, the guy from Stranger Things? No, the flight thing. Oh, that's also called Hopper. I think so. Yeah, not that. Not that. This Hopper, oh, I will find the domain for you quick. It's called HopperHQ.com. And they have the Instagram rich list of 2019, where you can see what it might cost per post if you were to have a sponsored post. Kylie Jenner is number one. And the estimate is if you want Kylie Jenner to post an Instagram sponsored post, it would be $1,266,000. That's a stupid amount of money. Yes. I and mean, I don't mean like somebody called the authorities. <laughs> you can't even say this. <laughs> that's like, that's insane. Yes. And then it goes down. Dwayne, the rock Johnson, who you mentioned earlier, would be $882,000. So I was reading the article and they said that there was research done. Hopper conducted research on exactly what it would cost to get a sponsored post on the feeds of a range of well-known Insta users. I don't know about this, but Jess, I am going to do a rundown with you. Okay. First, Our first ever marketing clock rundown. Should I not have this open? Should I not cheat? You can't cheat. Okay. I, I made this cheat proof. We're going to go through the Instagram rich list of lifestyle people. Oh, you have a life. Perfect. You have style. You should know these. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> We're going to go through the top lifestyle folks on Instagram. You tell me to stop when you've heard of somebody. Okay. Eleonora Pons. Huda Catton, Cameron Dallas, Somer Ray, Zach King, Felix Kylberg. Is that, wait, is that PewDiePie? Yes. I know him. Okay. I've heard of him from South Park. So all of those were over $70,000 to get a sponsored Instagram post. Well, I've never even heard of them. Yes. And <laughs> the, the tops was Eleonora. <laughs> Who's who was 144,000. I'd like to survey 1,000 teenagers and see if they get their news from any of these people. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, Eleanor is a YouTuber, an actress, and a singer. And I mean, she might as well change it away from YouTuber and be an Insta-er. I mean, Because if yeah. you're making $144,000 per post, I mean, if you're, you're an Insta-er. If you're an actress and a singer, though, you don't need to start your resume with YouTuber. So she's not an actress. Or she might be aspiring in those fields. Okay. Right? Well, shots fired. Well, whatever. She's making $70,000 on a post. I am so jealous because I wish people would look. You know what my last Instagram post was? It a was blurry a pizza. Blurry pizza. I <laughs> yeah. know what you're posting. Where's my money? I post great content. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And I just runner up, and I don't think you've looked at this, and I don't think you know this, but back in the day, I believe it was 2013, 2013 Yahoo had purchased Tumblr, mm. the price they paid, one point. One billion dollars. Billion? Billion with a B. You know how many Kylie Capital Jenner posts B. you could get for that? You could get like, like 10. 90. <laughs> That's a lot of Kylie Jenner posts. <laughs> so it was just sold to Automatic from Verizon, who bought Yahoo, who then owned Tumblr. And they sold it to Automatic. So we're six years later. Mm. How much do you think they sold Tumblr for? So it was what one point one billion? Yes. I mean, Tumblr is not. No one talks about it anymore. I'm gonna go half, half of that. So five hundred million. Sure. Yeah. Less than three million dollars. That's so sad. W T H. I mean, it's a good deal for who just bought it. Automatic. Automatic is a good deal for them. Company of WooCommerce. <laughs> yeah, that's now and uh, obviously WordPress. This is this. This is the internet. Six years later, things have dropped that much in value. It just blows my mind. I mean, not, not everything is dropping <laughs> in value. Most things are going up in value. All right. Not Tumblr. Poor Tumblr. Oh. All right. That brings us to this week's 
Cool Tool. As a reminder, our Cool Tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners. And this week's Cool Tool is Buffer's Hashtag Manager. Not hashtag like the symbol and then manager, but hashtag manager. It is a manager of hashtags. Hashtag MBA. Hashtag manager. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag YouTuber, actress, singer, whatever. So in order to use this tool, you have to have a premium or business subscription to Buffer. But if that's you, take advantage because the composer now lets you create and save groups of hashtags that you can reapply to future Instagram posts easily, which is really nice because I know a lot of us folks are just saving lists and copy pasting things or trying to remember them next time and retyping them. So again, if you are a premium or business member of Buffer, you no longer have to do that. The other cool thing that this tool does is it has a feature that lets you schedule the hashtags as a comment on your post. So it'll show up as the first comment instead of part of the actual caption, which is a thing that a lot of people are doing. So if that's your thing, this lets you do it. If I was in charge of Buffer, I would append hashtag comment in every comment. Hashtag comment? Yeah, just to be funny. Why not? I'm going to start doing it on my posts. <laughs> just to <comment>. see. <laughs> hashtag what's next. One other piece of news, just on Buffer, they launched yeah. two other services within this past week called Reply and Analyze. So they kind of split things up a little bit and... Buffer does great stuff, so check it out if you're looking for a better way to reply to stuff or take a look at how things are doing. So thank Hashtag you. reply. Thank you, Buffer. <laughs> Hashtag new things. <laughs> All right. And now for this week's must-read marketing article of the week, an article so in-depth, so detailed, that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. And this week's article comes from Adam Steele from Loganex. Loganex? Loganex. And the name of the article is The Secret to Ranking in Local Search, Ranking in Organic Search. Gives it away a little bit there. But they did a study across 30 different cities of varying sizes across the U.S. and Canada. Just shy of a thousand unique queries run. And the primary goal was to determine whether or not there's a link between local ranking and organic ranking. And this was done really well. He broke down the tech stack that they used and then pulled out different correlations, local versus organic ranking correlations, ratings and reviews, and pulled together the overall analysis. So what in this kind of small sample size study they did, what actually mattered, and it was just a very nice look. And and how you should do blog posts and how you should do even small case studies. So thank you, Adam. All right, and that does it for today's show. It is now officially not Marketing O'Clock. Remember, you can catch everything from the show on marketingoclock.com. While you're there, please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock. If today's show was of value to you, please subscribe, leave a review, or share with a colleague. If you are looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com for links to all the articles that we covered. Welcome to this week's Shooting the Heck, where after our famous Friday news shows, we don't talk about marketing anymore. We just shoot the heck. And this week, it's everybody's favorite game, Two Kinds of People, <laughs> where we name something and there's only two ways to go about it. It's binary, two kinds of people. Two. Jess, do you want to start? Yeah, I'll start. Um, I'm going to start with all of mine are kind of about home life here. So let's go with toilets. Let's just start with toilets. Oh, I had a toilet this one too. <laughs> really? Yes. Perfect. So you can do it after. I've actually, well, yeah. I'm going to make a toilet sandwich and I'll finish with toilets. <laughs> toilet sandwich yeah. sounds disgusting, but okay. <laughs> Deal. So when you are done going to the bathroom, I'm not talking about the seat here. I'm talking about the lid up or down. There's two kinds of people. Me <laughs> in a perfect world, I would like it down, but I've realized that some people don't like it. And then you have kids and it turns into a whole different thing. And mm. I'm an up person now. What what kind of whole different thing? Like they leave surprises in there when it's closed? Literally this week, <laughs> the girl jumped on the, on the toilet with the seat down. Didn't do anything. But I was just like, they don't look what they're doing. <laughs> and so like, they just leave it up. And then they can't, in the middle of the night, do something stupid. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. So I am now an open person. But in my world, I'd prefer it closed. I don't want the toilet open to the world. 
I agree. I agree. Although in public, when you walk in, like in the few toilets that have lids in public restrooms and you walk in and it's closed, you just always assume there's something hidden there that you don't want to find. The anxiety you get. Yeah. To lift that open. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, what is going on in there? Is it going to be the clown from it? Yeah. <laughs> no, he's in a sewer. Oh, a sewer. Oh. Weird. Not related at all. Yeah, no. Well, while Toilet we're at it, sewers? yeah, what do you do, Hope? Uh, up. Up? Always? Yeah. You know, when know. you flush it, it the spreads particles. Just looks more complete when the seat is <laughs> complete. Hey, look at this poopy water here. It's, <laughs> no, it really completes the room. It, Interior design hope. You need it to be up. I don't know. I, I guess I'm it only, makes I'm it. I'm only closing it when I'm putting stuff on there. You put stuff on there? Yeah, when I take a shower, I put the clothes on the toilet seat. Oh. I have a huge master bathroom, so I need to take yeah. my space. That's fair. All right, Jess, what are you? Yeah. I'm a down person because I have cats. And I'm worried that they're going to fall in there. Who's going to win? Cats or your kid? You know what I mean? Well, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what his behavior is like. He's not going to be using the toilet for a while. Why don't you train your cats to go in the toilet? To, I would love to be able to train the cats to, to pee and poop in the toilet. Or your kid to go in the litter box. That would be amazing. <laughs> oh, new life goal. Right. Kid in the litter box. Absolutely. Okay, Two gonna, kinds of people. <laughs> I'm going to audible and I'm going I'm to go just keeping a toilet here. <laughs> keeping a toilet. There are two kinds of people. People that like Black toilets and people that don't. No, I no. hate black toilets. They're so gross, Greg. I hate them. You, you never tell if the water's clear. Ooh, I never even thought of that. I can't even see the water. It's just all black hole. I hate it. I hate it. I hate colored toilets while we're on the subject. What other colors have you seen? Pink, blue, yellow, really? gold, green. Toilets. I've seen them all. Gold yeah. toilets? That used to be a thing on The Sims. You could get a gold toilet. <laughs> okay. I personally love black toilets and we should make a motion for our new office building to have no. nothing but black toilets no i'm gonna make that motion no you can vote on it no i think you guys are in the minority no. here. i don't I think so see what's in the toilet yeah here's my hot take i don't want to see what's in the toilet you would need to i don't want that's to see like it. using an outhouse when you don't know what's but be- no. You know, no like i don't need that's to know. how you know if you're healthier if you're hydrated <laughs> <laughs> this whole time i thought you were talking about finding other people's no, <laughs> you just want to you know, know, know what's coming out of your body <laughs> Dr. Hope with a toilet PhD toilet? over here. Oh my goodness. I No, you like, really? I just think I they look dirty. Toilets. You see wow. like fingerprints love on it. them. No. no. And they look plastic. No. They look terrible. Ugh. If you had a black toilet, Hope, would you shut the lid? I would take the whole thing and throw it out the window. <laughs> then the bathroom wouldn't be complete. <laughs> I don't care. A hole in the floor is better than a black toilet. Wow. wow. Hot, take. Hot take. Put that on a bumper sticker. All right. I got another bathroom one. It's not specifically about toilets, but it kind of is. So there are two kinds of people in this world. There are people that leave you alone when you're in the bathroom. And there are people that try to have a conversation with you through the door when you're using the bathroom. <laughs> Which type of person are you, Craig? <laughs> if I had a choice, I would not be the person to talk through a door. I feel like guys don't have this issue because guys don't go to the bathroom together. I'm talking about like at home. See, my, oh. my problem is I'm the only one here that has a little kid that yells stuff. And so when that happens, by proxy, I'm that. But I'd rather never right. talk. But you're not bugging your wife like, honey, what do you want for dinner when she's peeing? Unless there's an emergency, no. I don't talk and be like, hey, what did you think about the Law & Order SVU episode last night? <laughs> you know, like, hey, I got a different angle on it this morning after a good night's sleep. Well, you know, she's in there. No. Yeah, no, That's but that's my husband. He'll do that to me. And even worse, when he's in the bathroom, he'll like call me to the door and try and have conversations with me. And it's like... Chris, I can't hear you, first of all. Second of all, <laughs> let's just talk when you're done. But it's so... Fr- I've gotten to the point where I just leave the door open in case he needs to talk to me because he's just that type of person. Hope? I don't like it at home, but when I'm out in public and I'm going to the bathroom with some friends, <laughs> yeah. Just going to the bathroom with my friends. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a girl thing. The girls go to the bathroom together. Yeah. are out in the girls' bar. Oh, I my. still just... Everyone's talking in there anyway. So why not? I didn't know that that was like the At hot home, gossip no, place. No. Yeah. Like, I don't mind. The worst is when you find that person in public and somebody you don't know. You don't have stalls as much, but when you're sitting oh. there, heads right next to each other, people start talking to you. Ugh. Sports game. Like, oh man, we're blowing it. 
Stop. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of that SVU episode last night, Craig? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly the conversation <laughs> in the men's, men's locker room. All right. I have a new Audible to keep it bathroom-related. Oh, all right. Maybe not toilet-related. There are two kinds of people. People that enjoy showering at night and then people that enjoy showering in the morning. Mm. Two kinds of people. I, this is a switch for me. I used to be showering at night. Loved it. Then, I don't know if it was when I got a job, but now <laughs> I shower in the morning because I get home at night and I'm too tired and it's too much effort. So I just say I'm going to do it in the morning. Yeah. I'm with you. I got to feel fresh. Mm-hmm. in the morning and I don't feel fresh if I don't shower like it just wakes you up gets you ready there's something to be said though about taking a shower before bed and getting in bed like fully clean Ew, see, I, th- this is where I have to interrupt Go, I yeah. don't like that unless you maybe you've got like completely fresh sheets it feels oh, like putting on like the best it feels like putting on old socks like so you, you don't want to do that. Yeah. You just got all clean and you slept in this bed for a week <laughs> and you're getting in there now and then wake up, and then you have to go, and you have to fix your hair. It just seems so impractical for those nighttime sleepers to me. I can't understand it. Yeah. I, w- I would like that if I felt good in the morning when I woke up. But I wake up and feel like, oh, my God, I need a shower. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I, I would do both, but, yeah, I'm a morning. A good time to shower at night is during the winter because in the morning, I tend to stay in there really long because I'm freezing, and the shower's hot, and I don't want to get out, so... But that, at night, you can just get out and get in bed and you're warm. That's a great point. That is a good point. And you could just stay in the shower as long as you want. It's not like mm-hmm. you're going to work. All right, no Jess, time. what do you have next? All right. Well, mine isn't bathroom related, but it, well, it kind of, it could be. Okay. All right. So in general, if there are multiple switches for the same light, you know what I mean? You've got yep. like different switches for the same light, maybe across the room or whatever. How do you go about turning these lights on and off? Do you go back to the original switch so that the other one isn't disturbed and like matches with it? Or do you just not care and willy nilly hit whatever switch you're around? Yeah, I'm not a psycho, so I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> That's very OCD. If I have a three pole switch, yeah. which is what you're talking about, yeah. I don't care at all. I'm trying to get one objective completed, turning it on turning it off. Ugh. I've never thought about it until four seconds oh, ago. Yes, really? Yeah. Like I have the hallway light. This is when I thought of this. I was, I have one hallway light and one of the switches is just that light. And then the other switch is the kitchen light and the hallway light. So if someone turns on the kitchen light, then I'm going to also turn on the hallway light and then use the other switch to turn it off so that the two switches are both up because I can't stand. And it doesn't matter that it's up, meaning that it's off. Some. I don't care. I can't stand. And I have a four-way switch at one point in my house and it is like, it's cringeworthy. Oh my. I know. I can't believe you admitted that. Right after you said that the government's listening. You're, you're on a list now. You're on a list. I thought for sure other people kind of cared about that no, stuff. No, I'm with Hope. That's too much effort. That's too much honor. My hallway's not very long, I guess, so. All right. Last up, and let's keep it PC here. There are people, two kinds of people. People that care about toilet paper quality and people that don't. And Jess, I think I know what you are. You do. You do. So we'll let Hope so, go first. There's, <laughs> there's two kinds of people. Don't care. Don't you care? don't care? No. I don't care. It's okay. all going in the same place anyway. Yeah, but it's, it's scratchy. Scratchy, you just take more. Yeah, oh. you take more and then it's more scratchy. <laughs> <laughs> Jess, what kind of person are you? I think there is something to be said for quality toilet paper, not only because of the user experience, but also just like at a nice restaurant, if they have crappy toilet paper, I'm like, oh, why did I pay so much for my meal? Do you know how I know that? (laughs) (laughs) We go to once a year, usually we go out to a very nice dinner as a company. And Jess always comes back with a piece of toilet paper and analyzes it. Oh the first thing gosh. that happens. This is like you legit were... nice restaurant where you're sitting and you're shining the glasses and you're watching all this. It's the most fancy thing. And she just smacks down. What do you guys think of this paper? <laughs> but if it was crappy toilet paper, wouldn't that just, you'd be like, what are you guys doing? You do all these nice things for us. You know, you ground the, the pepper in front of us and all that, but you can't have nice toilet paper. No, I don't care. I want something that will not get stuck in a pipe. So I want the worst toilet paper. That's all I care about. Yeah, sometimes that's so I don't even care about. Fluffy and I don't know. There's a lot more to say, but it's not 
safe for work. So right. we'll leave it alone. Toilet thank paper you. for life. Well, thank you for not giving us an explicit tag this week. <laughs> and we will see you next week.